So we're going to get started today. Um, I, I want to start with this is uh, just, just with someone around you, maybe someone behind you or, or, or someone you're with, uh, I want you to just share what is the best thing that happened to you this week. So what is one thing, some of you have like eight testimonies and that's awesome, but try to condense it to like one good thing. What, what is one thing that was, that was pretty cool that happened to you that you were a part of, maybe that you saw, and uh, just share it with one person around you and then let them share. So we're just going to take a minute or two here. And spouses, you're allowed to turn to each other if this is your connection time, that's fine. All right, make sure you switch. If you haven't switched yet, you are the extrovert. And let the introverts breathe and speak. You guys can wrap it up. Some of you have a lot of good news. That's a good thing. Some of you are like, I've longed to just talk to people at church. This is amazing. <laughs> the, uh, our children's ministry is bumping right now. You guys hear that? They're feeling it. All right, so... Um, how many of you, I'm just curious, because we've seen things in the natural, but I've all, we've also been, like, discovering a lot in the, just in the spiritual of shifting. How many of you felt shifting, like, personally, like, you're going through some level of shifting, or you have seen, like, shifting happening around you? Like, just in this, like, last couple months season, yeah. It, it's amazing. You know, we weren't talking about shifting a whole lot over, you know, the summer, you know, over the spring. And it's just amazing how sometimes when God starts to move, he starts to do it to everyone all at once. Amen? And, and that, that shifting can be so many different ways. And, you know, uh, we, we, what I want to talk about today is how to handle shifting. As I want to talk about, and I'm going to do a series called An Uncommon God. And today I want to talk about handling uncommon shifting. Does that make sense? And so we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, and, you know, one of those things that's super important when we're followers of Jesus is learning how to, how do you handle yourself in seasons of shifting, right? Like how many of you found that a season of shifting will really quickly bring up stuff inside of you that you thought was like not there? Like the good, the bad, the ugly. It just like comes to the surface and then you have to like, you know, you either address it, you hide it, or you just like cry because you're like, I don't know what to do with this. 
that seasons of shifting are really healthy parts of our, of our relationship with God. They're healthy spiritual seasons because they actually get us to a place that we're, we're more aligned and properly ready for what God's doing. See, when we're always in preparation mode, preparation mode is, is important, but it's, it's there so that we're fulfilling God, we're fulfilling our God-given callings. Like we're in seasons of preparation. When we're in seasons of shifting, that's because God is fulfilling something and now he needs your attention. How many of you, let me ask you this. So this is something that I have, um, I have been encountering over and over to the point of, uh, I don't want to say nauseam, but it is just overwhelming. Is how many of you are like dreamers or visionaries? Like, like, it, like you, you're kind of like a seer. Like you, you learn by seeing or like God speaks to you through like stuff that you see. Okay, so, so typically, you know, I'm kind of in between where, where I will... I, I, one of the ways that I hear the Lord most often is I sense his presence and, I, and, and he says something to me. It's not always from an external for me. That's kind of a little bit more rare that something I read will have a deep meaning or, or the voice of the Lord on it, although sometimes it happens. You know, who of you is like that? Like you, you, you sense the, you hear the Lord's voice more from presence, yeah. And, and so, so for me, this has been a really different kind of thing that's been happening is that I've been seeing the same numbers everywhere. How many of you have gone through something like that? Okay, like, like, I've gone through stuff like that, but this has been, like, I think four and a half months of crazy, of, like, I'm seeking people out. I'm like, listen, I'm not making this stuff up. So, like, 11-11 on your phone, like, stuff like that, right? Like, 12-12, like, like, seven, like, 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 license plates with, like, six, like, seven sevens on them. I'm like, stop it. You know? I, I was driving. So this happens to me. This has been occurring in my life for about four and a half months. And I'm not exaggerating because I take screenshots of it. Like on my phone, you know how you can like take a screenshot of your phone? And, and, and so I've been gathering screenshots and I have dozens and dozens of screenshots of 333, of it's 444, of 1111, of, of all this stuff going on. I'm sending them to like prophetic groups and to prophetic people. I'm like, what does this mean, you know? And, 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 and searching out what, 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 what God might be saying because I have a sense of what God's saying. I, I hear his voice, but I also, I want to know if I'm missing something. Like, how many of you, like, you're in a season of shifting that, like, it's important to get some outside counsel to see if you're missing something. And, and I've been in this place, so I, like, send them to people, and, you know, I stop sending them to people because it's, like, I'm not, you, like, if I were you, I would think that I was making this up, that I'm trying to be, like, like, setting an alarm for, like, a certain time of day when all the numbers align. Ain't no one got time for that. And... And I've been doing it all the time. I, I was driving in my car, and I hit, like, 111,111 miles, like, spot one at 11.11. I took a picture. I think I sent it to Cheryl for that one. You know, there are times where God is, God is speaking to us in a way to get our attention. And now we need to respond to him and find out what he's getting our attention for. So we can do one of two things with, like, seasons like this. So the way God's shifting and speaking is, one, we just, like, embrace, like, yeah, this is just prophetic and cool and, like, woo. Or, you know, we, we go to a place and we actually lean into the Lord. Okay, God, what are you telling me? What, what, more importantly, what are you getting my attention for? Where, where do you not have my attention? Where, where am I right now just a little bit off course to where you want me to be? Does this make sense? And now when we're in that place, it's not because you did anything wrong in the season that you're in. It's because God is shifting something, and you don't get the email from heaven saying God's shifting something. It requires intimacy to walk through shifting. Does that make sense? 
Like it actually requires intimacy to walk through, okay, God, why are you speaking to me this way? Why is all this stuff going on around me? What are you doing inside of me? These are the questions that we often don't ask and we just kind of assume we know. How many of you, something's going on in your life and you actually asked Jesus about it and he actually revealed something that you didn't know? That, that you can just assume that, oh, you know, shifting's going on around me, so this means it's like time for another like spiritual shift. Okay, cool. What is your role that God's doing right now in your life? Like, what is your role in that? Where, where do you have to align and position yourself? And so that's one of those questions that, man, when you start pursuing that with Jesus, he, like, calms and answers all of your fears about the shifting. How many of you found that seasons of shifting don't require you doing more? They, they don't. They require you being more engaged with the Lord. So it doesn't require you kind of getting a great game plan and trying to figure it out. <laughs> How many of you tried to figure out Jesus before? You know, let me ask you, how many of you have tried to figure out Jesus or you thought you had like a handle about Jesus and then he just is totally different than what you thought he was going to say or do? Well, let's open our Bibles to make this legal. Is, why don't you guys open your Bibles up to John uh, 1. I'm going to look at John 1, verse 41 to 51. And then we're going we're gonna to jump over to, uh, to, to John 6. So John 1, 41 to 51. Awesome. I'm reading out of the New International Version. And so when you guys are all there, say I'm there. Not here. That you're there in your own book. Thanks. You guys there? John 1, uh, 41, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was found in the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one who Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. At that, Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe me because I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he said, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So this is, this is the, the beginning of the book of John where Jesus is calling the, his, 12, his 12 apostles, his 12 disciples in. And how many of you love this story that the first thing Jesus does is goes, Nope, your name's Peter now. The very first sentence he tells to Peter is a name change. His introduction to, 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 to Jesus was a shift. His introduction, like Jesus didn't come and said, Nathaniel got the word of like, I saw you under the fig tree. He got the word that was, I, saw, I intimately knew where you were because I was there. Peter got a shift the first time he met him. Nathaniel got a shift of what he thought was possible. Because Nathaniel said, what good can come from Nazareth? 
Jesus? Let me put it in a, in, in a different, in a Rourke translation. God can't do that. God, God can't do that. This is Nazareth. What good can come from Nazareth? And in a moment, Jesus gave him a shift of what God can do. And he goes on to tell him what God's going to do. He shifted his thinking in that moment of what is possible. See, what is possible for, for, for God is impossible for man. And in that moment, he shifted Nathaniel his belief system. See, Peter needed an identity shift. Nathaniel needed a belief shift. But both of them required a shift from the Lord. Does that, does that make sense? You know, and, and Peter had an identity shift. He had a, he had a, he had a, a name shift because Peter was going to be the one who was going to be the apostle of whom the, 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 would be a rock that the church would be built on. Does this make sense? So right away, it's like Jesus just goes right to Peter. Peter's like a high D in the disc if you're like a disc guy. You know, and he goes right to Peter and goes, nope, this is your new name. And Peter's like, I'm going to follow you. Nathaniel, he needed a little bit more because he had some doubts about what was possible. Peter didn't have the, the, that level of doubt about what's possible. So Jesus, does this make sense? He gave him a word of knowledge about what he was doing earlier, and it broke off unbelief. And now, and now Nathaniel in a moment goes, you're the son of God. And Jesus is always better than we think. But he doesn't just say, that's true, Nathaniel. You've received a true revelation. He said, he said, with just that word you believed, you're going to see greater things. You're going to see an open heaven over the Son of Man. You're going to see on my life what I'm giving to your life. You're going to see greater things than this. Now, how many of us, you know, we're in a place that, that when God starts to shift the season, we always want him to talk to us like he did last, last season. I mean, how many of you found that? Open up, flip over to, to John 6, and we're going to kind of connect the dots here. So John 6, <clears throat> excuse me, verse, we'll do verse 53, and we're going to read about 10 verses the same way. Jesus said to, him, said to them, this is uh, speaking to the disciples, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I'm going to skip down a little bit. This is the bread that came down from heaven, verse 58. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while he was teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said to him, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Verse 61, aware that his disciples were grumbling about Jesus. They, they weren't even talking to him. He was just aware of it. Just... Heads up. Does this offend you? Jesus said. Then what if you see the Son of God ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Okay. Can we just, can we just look at the two passages real quick? Are you guys good? Okay. This was the Jesus who shifted them, who gave them a new identity. It's like this. Jesus coming to you, and you're Peter. He goes, he's going to give you a new name. You're leader. 
It's like, awesome, Jesus, you're the best. I love you. I'll follow you. Nathaniel, I knew you when you were under that tree. You're going to see heaven invade earth, and you're going to see an open heaven. You're going to walk in an open heaven. I'll follow you totally, Jesus. And then they get to this point where Jesus says something that they weren't, didn't see coming. And it says that many fell away after this teaching. That many fell away after this teaching. How many of you have been in a season where Jesus feels like he's shifting? Where Jesus to you feels like, well, that's not the Jesus I know. Jesus I know, like, he meets me under the fig tree every day. He doesn't, like, challenge what, what's going on, like, how do I follow him? Huh? That, 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 that sometimes our expectations are good, but God will realign our expectations to encounter him to where he is, not to where we want him to be. Does this make sense? And it requires shifting for us to, to find God where he is, to find his voice about where, what, what he's saying. You know, I don't know about you, but Jesus does not speak to me the same way in different seasons. Jesus shifts the way that he is, and it's up to me to adjust. It's not up to him to adjust. And I see so many believers that get into this place where they're like, you know, they just, like, what I experienced God in one season, I'm always, like, this is always going to be like this. And it's like this. It's like, imagine a season of God overflowing, pouring out, doing just amazing things. Come on, Jesus. Like, amen. Like, that, that thing going on. And then God starts shifting you, and you're just trying to hold on to that season, and you're not even turned around to where, what he's doing. Does this make sense? And it's like, it's like, man, Jesus has no problem adjusting the way that he is speaking and he has no problem changing the way that he's interacting with us. You know, religion wants you to do the same thing the same way every day. How many of you tried that with any relationship in life? How, how'd that work? You know, there's just something really important about recognizing that I don't know God fully, but I am fully known by him. There's something important in recognizing that Jesus perfectly reveals the Father, but I'm called to pursue him to know him more. Does this make sense? That when we're in a place of trying to discover God's voice, it's because of this. It's what Paul would pray in, in Philippians and, and in, in Ephesians. He would say things like this, I long to know Jesus. My goal this is the Apostle Paul saying, I long to know him, and it cost me everything to follow that desire. Does this make sense? You know, one of the, one of the leaders of, of the Vineyard Movement, I love John Wimber. He's an amazing guy. I was talking about it at ministry school on Sunday night. Um, you know, he, he said something that, you know, how many of you found that, this is a quote from him, is that the further along you walk in the kingdom, the less you get to take with you. That seasons of promotion and shifting require you to lay things down. It's that place of surrender. You know, it's like this. I, I, so there's visions and, and, and dreamers. And How many of you dream on a regular basis at night? Like you, you regularly have dreams. You wake up. You're probably telling your friends about it. You're like having encounters with God before anyone else is even awake. You know, it's like cheating. You know, and, and how many of you have found that, that sometimes a dream and a vision feel like the same thing? And sometimes you're like, was it a dream or a vision? Or did, I, was, did that really happen? And I just kind of came back into my body? Like, you know what I'm talking about? You know, I had that occur, and, and I want to share it with you. And, and, and in this dream, vision, 
Drision, Freem, whatever you want to like frame it and call it. You know, I saw this, I saw this amazing, amazing lush area. It was absolutely amazing. It was just full of life and wilderness, and there was like this path, and there were people. It was amazing. It was awesome. And but to get in it was like these arches. It was like an entranceway to, to move into it. And the, the entranceway said, said, surrender trust. And the pathway before me said, yielded, yielded faith. And I saw this vision. I'm like, whoa, this is so amazing, God. Like, I want to walk on that. And he, he, him and I, we just start walking on it. And, the, and the, to get over the threshold of this entrance was all this, like, dust and rubble. And it, like, didn't belong. Like, it didn't belong with everything else. It was super lush and full of life. And does that make sense, like, this picture? And so I asked the Lord, and I was like, Jesus, what's this dust and rubble? And he said, oh, those are idols that have to be smashed. In order to walk this way, I don't allow idols in. That they have to be destroyed in order to walk this path in the kingdom. It's like, wow, Jesus, oh my gosh. So we start walking on this path, and, and it's amazing. It's like so full of life, and Jesus is super close. And, you know, he wasn't speaking in a way that would allow me to be distant from him and still hear him. See, sometimes we think, like, if we slow down, Jesus will just speak louder. He'll, he knows where I, does this make sense? See, Jesus, he, you know, what, like, what parents will call, like, your inside voice, you know, Jesus doesn't. Jesus was speaking conversationally. Just follow me. You guys still with me? Did I lose you guys? He speaks conversationally because it requires you to be close to hear him. You have to get it, man. Jesus is all about relationship with you. And in this place, he started to walk, and I started to like lag behind him a little bit, and and I stopped, and Jesus like kept going, until I called out to him, and I called out to him, and he turned around. And then said, oh, no, come on, come on over, come on this way. How many of you guys remember the story where Jesus was walking on water? The disciples are out at the boat. They're going through the storm. They're losing it. They're freaking out. And here's Jesus coming, coming off of just amazing intimacy with God, some prayer. He's just like, he's walking on the water across the lake. The disciples freak out. They say, they thought they saw a ghost, okay? This is not the Jesus that called them under the fig tree. It re- How many of you have seen Jesus and he scares you? That's a good thing. You know, there's a fear of the Lord that we're to, be, we're to embrace. So here's Jesus. Here's, here's the other God. Here's the uncommon God. Here's the one no one saw coming, Jesus, walking on the water. Disciples see him. They're like, you're not the Jesus who renamed me. You're not the Jesus who knew me under the fig tree. Who are you? What's going on? That's language for, I need to know you more because I thought I did, but you're bigger and better and different than I thought. This makes sense. Now, these are the disciples who were with Jesus doing the stuff. And they still had opportunity to know him more. So he sees them, and, and Peter in his bold declaration, you know, his, Peter's like the bold one. You know, meeting Peter in heaven is going to be a trip, but, but you know, because everyone uses him for, like, every bad illustration. But he's like, he's, like, he's like the bold one, you know. So he's the one who calls out, and he goes, Jesus, okay, let me, ghost, if you're Jesus, let me walk out too. And Jesus says, don't, don't fear, it's me. Come on out. 
So he cries out to Jesus and starts walking on the water. He starts walking on the water towards Jesus. And then you guys remember the story of what happens? What happened? He began to sink when he took his eyes off of the Lord. That he was always called to walk on the water. That you can have any feet, any calling, it doesn't matter. If you, lose eye, you're, if you stop locking eyes with Jesus, you're sinking where you're in. So he starts sinking. I mean, just imagine, he starts to sink in the water. I don't need physics, like, just bye-bye. Like, you know, this is, I mean, he starts sinking in the water, and Jesus goes up to him, and he cries out to Jesus in that moment of despair, and Jesus just lifts him right up. It's like, oh, you know, Jesus is like, will you ever believe? Like, you know, like, you're, you know, you're my bold one. You're the one that everyone else thinks has this, like, you know, level 10 faith. And even in that moment, Jesus said, okay, here, come here, picks him right up. Okay, that was in front of all the disciples. You know, whatever season of shifting you're in, you have to do it in a, in a place of community. See, the, all the disciples saw Peter, and it would have been really easy for Peter to have been like, dude, I totally walked on water. You guys are in the boat. <laughs> where were you guys? I was walking on water. No, Peter actually had a moment where he went for it and seemingly failed, and Jesus redeemed and restored him. See, Jesus, Jesus redeems every attempt that we give him in the kingdom. You don't have to worry about failure anymore. You only have to worry about keeping your eyes on Jesus so that he can shift when he shifts. Does this make sense? So, so, so I said, Jesus, and he turned around, and I caught, I, I caught back up to him. And, and then I saw the, these, like, the, we, we walked further down this path, and there were these amazing people. Like, it was like a group of people, like a community of people, just, like, healing the sick and doing the stuff and so full of life, and they were knowing each other. And it was, like, awesome. It was, like, it was, it was a bit of, like, a picture of the church in this vision. Are you guys still with me? I, I shifted back to this place. And, and, and it was awesome, and it was, it was just so, so cool. And, but then I saw what was happening is the path kept going, but no one was looking at it anymore. We, everyone was just really engaged with, like, with like this place of, like, this thing. Does this make sense? Of, like, being together and all this stuff. And no one, we, as a group, they weren't walking down this path anymore. They just kind of planted in a good place, but the path kept going. In this dream, I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, why are they staying here? And he said, because they don't want to move any further. And he wasn't mad or upset. So, so in the dream, I was like, well, can we keep going? He goes, yeah. So we kept going in this dream, and we just, we just walked for a while and further down. And then I saw, like, Smith Wigglesworth. And then I saw, like, Heidi Baker. And then I saw, like, Bill Johnson and T.D. Jakes. And I saw, these, I saw these ones that refused to stop when everyone else stopped. And what happened was there was a whole community all the way down here that were walking together and further. You know, when you first walk into the kingdom, how many of you found, how many of you found this, that, that God, sometimes he'll just give you less multiple choice questions. Right? There are times that he really gives you just less multiple choice questions. We first get in and Jesus is just like, you're amazing. I love you so much. And just so, I'm so glad you received me because, man, you're going to experience life now. And then what happens is we kind of get to this place and a lot of good stuff's going on. And we just start taking like selfies. It's like Jesus, like glory, like, you know, like these cool places, like selfie, like hashtag, whatever. 
And, 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 and what happens is those things are good, but I have seen people derailed by, by a move of God when they resisted a further shift, a personal move of God. That, that, that if we're not walking, here's how, we, here's how we handle shifting. We walk with, it, with, with a greater level of surrender. If you do not have a greater level of surrender for a season of shifting, oh, man, you're going to be in it, and it's going to be painful. And God, it's like, have you ever tried to shift a, shift a car when it wasn't started? Shift gears? You ever heard grinding? If your life feels like grinding, you probably need to surrender. It's just a fresh wave of surrender to the Lord. A fresh place of, what I have found is that there's still multiple choice questions that Jesus gives you. Like every crossroads we walk in in the kingdom, you know, is, is one that we have to seek the Lord for the direction. Amen? Like he's just designed it like that. But there are some times where he's not looking, he doesn't give you a multiple choice question. Where he doesn't say, Sean, would you like to go left, right, or straight? He just says, will you follow? He just gives you, he, you know, he'll just speak something to you and not tell you the reason why. Now, these are the places that we continue to walk or we try to find people around us to justify us staying in the same place. Does this make sense? And, and no one knows you're doing it except for you. It's like, it's like this doesn't feel, it just feels like God's, you know, it just feels like God's really like asking a lot of me right now. And I don't understand it. And that, this is not the Jesus that knew me under the fig tree. So, like, I don't know if it's the Lord. And then we'll surround ourselves with people that are kind of, that, that have never walked further. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's the Lord. I don't know. You know, they're not giving you a real direct answer, but they're not telling you to keep going. Does this make sense? And then what happens is we, we get totally distorted our reality. We start growing improperly in this place because we stop moving forward. We stop shifting with the Lord. Does this make sense, you guys? I know I'm kind of speaking out of a picture, but, it, but it, I found it over and over again to be so true in my life and so true of people around me that if you're willing to handle a shift through surrender, God can do anything he wants in your life. And oftentimes, he'll do amazing things in your life and through your life and like the glory explosions in the workplace, like, come on, Jesus, like, you know. I mean, we had, we had a revival group last week in CSSM that went out and did a revival group on the streets, and they had like eight people saved. And then, and, then, and then people, there's like two or three, three or four people in that group. And then they had like, a, like 19 more that got saved that week. Or like 19 total of just going out there and just carrying heaven with them. Of being willing to be, like, come on, Jesus. Like, yay, God. Well, there's moments where God will just say, okay, now I'm going to have you walk further this way. And you're like, no, I want like the glory heaven evangelist anointing right here. Does this make sense? Not knowing that you carry it with you. That it's okay to shift season. It's okay to be in a place that even when you're shifting season, man, that I tell you what, often he'll, he'll let you in less on what he's doing to see if you're willing to trust him. It's the, why? Because he's all about relationship with you. He doesn't want a servant that's just doing stuff. He doesn't want someone that's just out there doing ministry work and all this stuff and, like, just proving how productive they are and stuff like that. How, how you know, they're the, they got the latest cool charismatic thing. He, he's just not impressed by that. You know what he's really impressed by? Is Jesus. You have the words of life, and I don't understand, but I'll follow. 
that seasons of shifting require us to lay down our understanding in order to embrace a new level of intimacy. Does this make sense? And along the way, man, he shifts and, and puts things in the place that you, that you could never draw up, you could never get yourself. I'll close with this scripture. is Matthew 6.33. You know, in the midst of shifting, in the midst of maybe unknowing things, this is, this is, this is what we can count on is that seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That this is a promise that you never have to worry about being in lack or missing it. You know, if there's anyone in the room that you're worried about missing it, I want to tell you right now, you're not going to miss it. The only way you miss it is if you take your eyes off Jesus. So don't, let your, don't keep your eyes on worry, keep your eyes on Jesus. Are, 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 we, are, are we hearing, like, am I, hear, am I communicating well enough today? Like, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because I tell you what, shifting can swallow you up if you don't. It just can. But this is how the kingdom moves forward, is by those that are willing to lay it all down. That place of it's no longer a multiple choice question, it's just or yes or no. So are you giving your yes to the Lord? Or are you qualifying it with understanding first? Lord, you have my yes, totally. God, yes and amen. But can you just explain this to me first? That's what it says in Luke. is like the, the one who puts his hand to the, the plow but looks back isn't suited for the kingdom. The one that needs the qualification and all the understanding to move forward in God is the one that's not going to go anywhere. And, you know, I love what I love. I love what, what happened in this story with, with Andrew and, and Peter is that what happened is, if you guys remember, Andrew and Peter were, were their brothers. And Andrew's the one who had the encounter with Jesus, and then he goes and gets Peter. And what does he do? He brings him to Jesus. Then, then what happens with Philip and Nathaniel? Philip goes and grabs Nathaniel and tells him. And then what does he do? Then he brings him to Jesus. He didn't bring him godly principles. He didn't say, oh, you, hey, you know, seeing someone that's disconnected from God and telling them all these things that they can do to, like, make their life better. He brought them to Jesus. That we're called to bring people to the presence of the Lord, not to principles. That when we start bringing people to principles, what kind of Christians are we going to get raised up? People that know a lot of stuff and they're trying to live, trying to live in an anointing that's outside of relationship. You see, thank you. Amen. I appreciate that. You're allowed to encourage the person speaking. But does this make sense? Is that some of these shifts involve everything else? Guys, like, like, like do you know, like corporate shift-wise, do you know that there's major shifts going on in the body of Christ right now? Things like the call. The call this, this last week has come to a place that they feel like they fulfilled their assignment. Guys, that's a major shift. Just get ready. That's a shift, because they were the ones that got us to the place that we are now, whether you like to admit that or not. They played a big role in that. One thing, this, this, this ministry in uh, Kansas City, uh, International House of Prayer, they're totally shifting everything about their major thing they do every year. And they're not even, making, they're not even telling you what speakers are going to be there, because they want it to be about Jesus. That there's shifting going on right now, that if it's not, if it's not about Jesus in your life, you are going to fail, and it's going to be the worst. You, you won't make it. This is where we cling to Jesus in our life. 
This is a season of clinging to Jesus, of allowing him that there's a, there's a verse that I talked about a few weeks ago in Malachi about shaking the nations, right? We see nations being shaken, and we start interceding that they're not going to be shaken rather than say, oh, no, the nations need to be shaken so that the king can come. To allow everything in our lives to be shaken. Does this make sense? And I've seen people grow, and God even blesses them and blesses our finances and blesses our, our comforts. You know, in the U.S., it's like we're about two things, independence and comfort. That's some sign of maturity. How independent are you from your family, from your parents, and how comfortable of a life and a safe life can you, can you acquire? The kingdom is totally upside down. It's about dependency, and it's about surrender. How dependent are you willing to become on Jesus that he is literally like your bread on a daily basis? And how much are you willing to lay down and surrender to him? Paul learned this. He goes, whether, listen, whether I'm in a season of much or little, I know one thing. I'm pursuing the one that I want to know. That when we seek first the kingdom, we're seeking first the king, knowing that he will take care of all the things that feel like they're getting shaken. And knowing that that is the way that we get to introduce others to the king is by seeking him ourselves. That when we're inviting people, when, we're, when we want to see people have an encounter with Jesus, we're not giving them five steps to whatever. You're giving them Jesus or you're not. I'm giving them Jesus or I'm not. And I tell you what, you give them Jesus, that's when they get transformed. That's when the name change comes. That's when the, the, the intimate knowledge of who they are, I saw you at Starbucks today. Let's bring it into context. that he becomes known and the God who's intimate with everyone that he's created. So why don't you guys put your hand on your hearts. Whatever season of shifting you're in right now, I want you to just connect with God and just embrace, just for a moment right now, I want you to just imagine that Jesus is the one who is, who is the chess player with your life and that he is arranging things and making moves that you didn't ask for and that some of the moves, you're like, I don't understand that at all. But I want you to see whose hand is on your life right now. And in that place, if you're ready, I want you to just give an exchange to the Lord of a, a fresh day of surrender. Of Jesus, I'm ready for you to move anything on this board that you want to move. The Holy Spirit, I welcome you to arrange and rearrange externally and internally that God there is nothing that I will withhold from your ability to influence to transform and to speak into my heart and Jesus you are the voice of the Lord and so God I long to hear your voice afresh in this season that I need to hear your voice afresh in this season that God that, that I don't want to just be launched into something I want to be 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 guided by your voice into every shift and every season, God. So, Lord, today I just shift alignment and I just repent of holding on to anything that has been of a prior place and a prior season, anything that you're telling me to let go of and to trust you with. Holy Spirit, I say yes today. And to the best of my ability, Lord, I just give you just a fresh moment of surrender with the expectation that you are the God who is always better than I think. That I'm putting all of my chips on you, Jesus. I'm putting all of my wages on you. Everything, God, if you don't show up in my life, I'm in trouble. So, Lord, I thank you.
that you are the faithful one, that you always show up, God. So Holy Spirit, I just give you permission to move, and even this week, God, to rearrange things. And I just say, Jesus, thank you for shifting, because shifting is of the kingdom. That, God, this isn't a sad thing when things get shifted. This is the exciting part of following you. That when others might fall away or others have a stumbling block, God, because of shifting, God, right now, I just thank you for shifting because shifting always brings refreshment. Shifting always brings fresh perspective. And shifting always brings revelation and anointing to the planet. So, Father, I thank you for shifting. And I thank you for rearranging. And I thank you that... that that, that dreams are going to be realized in my life, that my hopes are going to be realized because you're the God of fulfillment. You're the God of faithfulness. Just put your hand on your neighbor right now. I just want you to release that on them, that he is the God who is faithful over you, over your finances, over your calling, over your future, over your family, over your decisions, that he is the God of faithfulness over you, that he is the God of faithfulness over you, and that there is more adventure than you realize in your future, that there is more shifting that is going to bring great fruit in your life. So, Lord, we just say over them, shift. <laughs> we just say shift, 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 Lord. We say more shifting, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if I could have our, our, uh, our ministry teams come forward. These are going to be the ones that have badges on. And, uh, man, if you're ready to get a prophetic word over your life, if you feel like, it's been a while since someone's given me a prophetic word, or I just want a fresh sense of what God's saying. I want to encourage you to come on up and let our teams pray for you. Let them lay hands on you. They're all trained to prophesy, trained to pray. And uh, we just love seeing it week in, week out. If you have any physical need in your body, do you need healing? Come on forward. Let our teams pray for you. And uh, we just can't wait to celebrate what God's doing in your life. So bless you guys. Uh, Pastor Jim will be here. Uh, well, we have David Hogan.